Hi, my name is Suzanne Urban, and welcome to Pioneering Women Warriors Network. And this is your podcast for encouragement through the word and empowering women with interviews and scriptures. Before we um, listen in to today's episode, you can find these podcast episodes on my WordPress blog at suzannespodcast.wordpress.com. Well, happy Sunday. So I have come on here to share with you something the Lord had pointed out to me when I was doing one of the devotions this week. And in light of everything that we are, you know, experiencing pretty much globally um, as human beings with the virus and um, some of the mandates and, you know, stuff that's just got some people up in some upheaval and um, anyways I found it interesting that the Lord points out to me something that it's been such a controversy in the Christian community where um, it seems that those who um, want to so-called walk in love don't approve of those who speak out against the mandates and being a Christian and, um, you know, if the Lord is telling these people to speak out, then, you know, we as a Christian community need to embrace and encourage and um, those who are standing up and saying things um, against the evil agenda of the enemy. And um, it's just interesting how um, you know, the Lord is just shaking the church and um, we as uh, believers should be um, seeking to hear God's voice and um, sensing his presence and keeping our eyes upon him and not um, looking toward what other people are doing and judging and um, or condemning. Um, I, I rarely, you know, speak against those who are speaking out on our behalf is basically what they're doing. And... <clears throat> And, um, yeah, I have my share of disapproval, but I keep my disapproval between me and God. And if that person is wrong, then God will correct him. And if I'm wrong, God will correct me. And that's how, as a Christian, um, it's called following the Spirit and allowing Holy Spirit to correct us and to give us wisdom and discernment. And... um, Anyways, so I just want to read this scripture out of Esther, and I'll probably just do a short teaching 
on this. I don't know if I can even call it teaching, but I wanted to share what the Lord um, had shared with me. It's Esther 3, Esther 3, 13 through 4, 17. And so this is a time when um, there was an edict that went out to annihilate the Jewish community and um, Esther's cousin is upset, Mordecai, and he's upset at this edict and um, so I'm kind of sharing, you know, what this is about. Anyways, so here, um, let's read Esther 3, 13 through 4, 17. Dispatches were set sent by couriers to all the king's provinces with the order to destroy, kill, and annihilate all the Jews, young and old, women and little children, on a single day. The thirteenth day of the twelfth month, the month of Adar, and to plunder their goods, a copy of the text of the edict was to be issued as law in every province and made known to the people of every nationality so they would be ready for that day. Spurred on by the king's command, the couriers went out. And the edict was issued in the citadel of Susa. The king and Haman sat down to drink, but the city of Susa was bewildered. When Mordecai learned of all that had been done, he tore his clothes, put on sackcloth and ashes, and went out into the city, wailing loudly and bitterly. But he went only as far as the king's gate, because no one clothed in sackcloth was allowed to to enter it. In every province to which the edict and order of the king came, there was great mourning among the Jews, with fasting, weeping, and wailing. Many lay in sackcloth and ashes. When Esther's maids and eunuchs came and told her about Mordecai, she was in great distress. She sent clothes to put, um, for him to put on instead of his sackcloth, but he would not accept them. Then Esther summoned Hathach, one of the king's eunuchs, assigned to attend her, and ordered him to find out what was troubling Mordecai and why. So Hathach went out to Mordecai in the open square of the city in front of the king's gate. Mordecai told him, everything that had happened to him, including the exact amount of money Haman had promised to pay into the royal treasury for the destruction of the Jews. He also gave him a copy of the text of the edict for their annihilation, which had been published in Susa, to show to Esther and explain it to her. And he told him to urge her to go into the king's presence to beg for mercy and plead with him for her people. Hathach um, went back and reported to Esther what Mordecai had said. Then she instructed him to say to Mordecai, all the king's officials and the people of the royal provinces know that for any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court, 
Without being summoned, the king has but one law, that he be put to death. The only exception to this is for the king to extend the gold scepter to him and spare his life. But 30 days have passed since I was called to go to the king. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to royal position for such a time as this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my maids will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and carried out all of Esther's instructions. So when I was reading this passage for a devotion a week ago, the things that that really stood out to me was... um, Right here. In... Chapter 4, 14, where it says, For if you remain silent at this time. Now I know the rest of the verse says, Relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows? And who knows, but that you have come to royal position for such a time as this. So basically in that verse, what I'm hearing the Lord saying is that we should not be remaining silent when there's an evil agenda. And especially when God's people are being targeted. So the Jews um, are God's people. And at this time, it was an evil edict from um, one of the king's aid, um, aides, Haman, I think it is. Anyways, he had a thing and was very prejudiced against the Jewish people. And um, from what I'm getting out of the, you know, reading about what his, is going on. And you look at, we're in a similar situation where these evil edicts are going out And I'm not talking about just um, for the virus. I'm talking about, you know, how um, the things, the agenda in the school systems and how they're trying to program the children um, for different things to be acceptable. And, um, And I understand, you know, we live in a very evil time. We live in a time where evil is predominant and where um, good seems evil and evil seems good and when you speak truth people get offended 
very easily. But when you look back in Jesus' time, at any time there was any kind of a shaking going on, the people in the area were always offended at God's word. Whenever a prophet would come and bring um, a word from the Lord, they would get upset. And it would just, you know, rub their spirit wrong. And, um, but um, anyways, so what, what I am getting from this is about, you know, us staying quiet and um, not speaking against um, the evil things that are um, going. Yeah, we're not, you know, we're not in a time where they're putting a gun to our head or putting our head, you know, us into a guillotine and telling us, you know, deny Christ or die. Um, we're not there, but, you know... Um, just like Mordecai, his response was to tear his clothes and to, um, walk in, in his clothes, in public, down the streets, you know, in, basically in protest to this. And when you think about it, the Christians, we may not have stripped our clothes and gone to the different places in, um, protest to um, the evil agenda. We've gone peaceably and we've brought, you know, prayer and worship. But you can say prayer and worship are our sackcloth and ashes. And so um, when we as a body, we should be in unity with um, this kind of I don't want to say protest, but standing up against that which is wrong. And um, otherwise, you know, then we become like the children of Israel where um, we just kind of took, they kind of took the slavery and said, okay, fine, we'll just be your slaves for 400 years and, and then we'll just wait for a savior to come, you know. And so we can't do that. And... I understand God has a plan and he's, you know, his plan's playing out before us and we're, um, and that plan will go forth no matter what. I mean, even here, Mordecai says to her that if you keep silent now, for if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. So it doesn't matter. You know, God's plan goes on. And so here we are, you know, if you don't speak against and we stay silent, God will raise somebody up who will, you know, say what he wants them to say. He's, he's done it before. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's always going to forward his plan. And... We can try to stop it all we want to. Evil men can try to stop it. And look what they, um, even look at when, um, oh, I forget the the Pharaoh's name, um, when the three kings were traveling and he had told them, oh, you know, go find the child, then come back and give me word for, you know, where the child is so that I can go and worship him too. But God warned them in a dream not to go the same way on their way back because that king or pharaoh or whoever he was was an evil 
guy and had an evil agenda, you know. So he doesn't, um, his plan will always come to fruition. And, you know, I can't tell you and I don't think the scholars could tell you what religious faith each of the the three kings were from. They just knew that there was the king who had been born. The one and only king had been born. And they wanted to go and pay homage and honor him. And I'm so thankful that God had a plan for our salvation. Because if he didn't have a plan, where would we be today? Oh, I could get off on that. Okay, so... Let's read John chapter 5. Let me get to it in my Bible here. John. John. I don't have the little tabs on my Bible. Chapter 5. Verse 16. <clears throat> So, because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jews persecuted him. Jesus said to them, My father is always at his work to this very day, and I, too, am working. So, even Jesus, you know, kind of thought outside the box, and he was teaching He's been teaching us to um, not go by man's rules, but to go by God's rules. And I'm not talking about the law. I'm talking about going by the Holy Spirit. And, um, and sometimes going by the Holy Spirit means that we stand against um, evil in these evil times. And so Jesus corrected the um, Jews as they persecuted him and he said to them my father is always at his work to this very day and I too am working so you know I take a rest during the week and um, but basically I chose this scripture to show that Jesus had come to make a new precedence, not make a new one, but to help us understand more of what God meant when he, um, you know, when he put out some of the so-called rules and regulations. And, you know, we get stuck in religious thinking and <clears throat> the Bible says that we should walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So when we walk in the spirit, we will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. So here, you know, there's so much in the word of God that just instructs us how to live our lives and how we are to stand for Christ. And how many Christians around the world, people who are true born-again believers who have accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior and have actually died for their faith. And in America, we've, we're just, you know, not there. We uh, may feel a little persecuted from 
you know, a neighbor or a relative or, I mean, certainly I was persecuted being the first born-again Christian in my family. And they didn't understand the change. And I know that they still loved me. But anytime Jesus is involved and you and and Jesus first comes on the scene, it stirs up things. He stirs those things up. And evil can't stand to be around. And so here, you know, it um <clears throat> how do I give an uh, here's a prime example um of you know stirring things up and um when we decided to start exercising more <laughs> and um because my husband has a knee injury and he has pain in his knee he thought a low impact way to exercise would be to get an exercise bike and we had to find a particular exercise bike and that exercise bike had to be in a leaning position where your feet go extend out front instead of underneath you. And so, and he thought that that would be a good way to, you know, um, exercise because then it would be low impact for his knee, you know, no weight because he'd be sitting. And um, anyways, so we order this bike. We finally order it, right? And it gets to our house and we're just all excited and amazed at this bike that comes and inside me I'm fighting because I haven't ridden a bike in a long time, let alone exercise. So here I am with this struggle inside of me. My flesh doesn't want to do the work because work hurts. The work, you know, I'm going to be sore and... Um, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna hurt and be uncomfortable every time, um, I do a workout and they, you know, and they have a workout plan. They have this little booklet that comes with it and everything. And, and I'm trying to keep my mind focused on the benefits of exercising so I can lose weight and tone up and, you know, be able to have better stamina and be able to, you know, not be winded when I walk up a hill and, and stuff like that. I mean, you know, but the focus on all that good stuff just did not help me overcome the, the parts of it's going to hurt. It takes discipline. You know, I have to find time to do it. And if I don't do it, I'm going to feel guilty and, and all of that. And so you think about that is kind of a stirring when something new comes on. So when you get saved, you know, you're stirring up things because it's new and it's not familiar. And there, you know, you're thinking of all the, the things that could happen and that make you feel uncomfortable and and whatever. And to me, that's kind of how I feel that when your friends and family find out that you have accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, you're, you're stirring up that nest and making them um, feel like, um, well, you know, it's going to hurt. It's going to be, I'm going to be sore. This takes discipline, you know, kind of thing. And 
So that's where great the God's grace comes in when you walk in God's grace towards people and God's love towards people who don't understand. And I walked in that for many years and now my family is all saved serving the Lord and um, my parents they got saved before they died and and they were mom, not so much my dad my mom was one of my biggest persecutors but you know she fell hard for Jesus when it came time for her to come to know the Lord and so um anyways I sorry I got off on a rabbit trail but I'm just saying that we stir things up and so people don't like change America's been in a certain way in the church we've been walking a certain way life has been good there's not been any you know stirring and to get people to think outside the box until recently and so this is what's happening so when the dust settles then people can really start thinking about okay now what did I learn from this what is it that God's trying to show us and I pray that's what the church will do. That they'll, you know, look and reflect and think, how, what is God doing? And, and so what can I do to flow with it? Anyways, um, I wanted to share with you Hosea 4.6. Let's move on. And um, I'm going to have to look on my Bible app. Hosea. Sorry, be patient, be patient, be patient. Amos. There's Joel. Hosea. Um, chapter 4, verse 6. Hosea, chapter 4, verse 6. My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also reject you as my priest. Because you have ignored the law of your God, I also will ignore your children. That's a harsh word. For lack of knowledge. So, in this day and age, um, you know, we're in a time when... Um, knowledge is everywhere. You can just hop onto Google and, you know, you can use a Bible online or you can get a Bible app and use a Bible app or, you know, we have Bibles at the tip of tips of our fingers. We have um, study aids to, you know, to um, help us understand what the Word of God says. We have study Bibles. We have, um, different interpretations of the word and so it's 
to me, it's not for lack of knowledge. When you think of today, it's because you have rejected the knowledge. I feel like in this day and age, it's because we're too busy with, you know, our own agenda. And, um, you know, Lord knows that we all fall into something that distract us, distract us. The enemy is very good at distracting the children of God and trying to keep us ignorant and trying to keep us um, from understanding what God is saying and hearing God's word and hearing what God is trying to tell us in this day and age. And God talks to us, you know, um, through everything. Uh, through the environment, through animals, through, um, I mean, in the Bible, he used a donkey um, to get a message across. And um, through fish, he used to deliver um, blessings. And, um, I mean, he used a donkey to bring um, for um, Jesus to ride and, and and he's used people and it doesn't matter who um, if you're willing to um, be used you're going to be used and even when the enemy tries to um, work out his plan and it's against a child of the most high king he turns it around for his good. And and then, of course, you know, the enemy gets mad. But, you know, he keeps trying. And anyways, so I don't think it's for lack of knowledge nowadays. Because we have knowledge at our fingertips. I believe it's because we're rejecting the knowledge. I mean, sure. There are times when the Lord has said to me, um, Suzanne... You need to go apologize to such and such or to your daughter or to your son or to your granddaughter or your hubby or a neighbor. You need to apologize because I may have sounded not that I intended to hurt somebody, but sometimes our words um, don't come out the way we want them to come out and then they come across differently and I don't want to hear that kind of word when the Lord's like telling me you know correction is never an easy thing to receive but correction is something that's part of the love that God has for us wherein he loves us he corrects us so you know we got to take the correction along with the hugs and the blessings and the you know, the pats on the back and all of that. And so anyways, I guess that point has just been hammered. Um, I found some other scripture that kind of puts things into perspective. Let's look at Proverbs 31. It's just been interesting what God has been sharing on this particular issue about you know there are books out there about what we speak and what we say and how we're supposed to say it and 
and whatever out there and be, um, you know, be sensitive and, and Proverbs 31, 8 and 9. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. So here again, they use the word speak up. So if we're not supposed to speak up against evil, you know, why is it that even when Esther was like, dude, telling her cousin, dude, you understand that I haven't been called before the king. I haven't been called before the king for 30 days. So, you know, if I go to him now unannounced, I could die. So, you know, stuff like that. And he's like, you can't be quiet now. And... Because the whole nation relied on um, her speaking up. The whole nation, when you think about it. And if you speak up against something and it's just, you think, oh, well, I'm just speaking up against it to one person. Well, it's not to just one person. Um, I just read a scripture where it says... That when we open our mouths, the sound that comes out of our mouth goes on and on and on and on. I should have wrote that down. Let me see if this is it. Let's look at Titus 2. Titus 2. I'm... good one though you must teach what is in accord with sound doctrine anyways I thought I wrote it down Proverbs 15 let's look at Proverbs 15 we'll just move on because I only get so much time on this recording don't want it to turn into a two-parter. A man finds joy in giving an apt reply, and how good is a timely word. So when we flow in the Spirit, you know, and the Lord is telling us to do something, it's just like with Esther. It was um, <clears throat> at that time she wanted to fast and pray before she went before the king because it had to be in the right timing so in the right timing this is why we pray and we really discern what is in the atmosphere and what is in the area before you speak and yes standing up for what is right is a good thing 
and but also standing up in the right time when it's aligned with God's word and with his Holy Spirit then it becomes powerful and it avails much it does a lot more than just speaking to one person so when we speak and we think that we're only speaking and standing for righteousness with one person we're actually not just speaking and 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 standing for righteousness with one person because that person could be impacted and then they tell a person and then they tell a person and then before you've known know it they've told they've by tell them telling it one other person or two other people or however much it impacted them um i've told several people things that have impacted me um that w- words that have been given to me and i've shared with others and before i knew it you know found that it's it plumed and it, it, it um, went out to hundreds of people and Nowadays, with media, with social media, it's going to go to hundreds of people. And um, so, yeah, you think of, you may not be making an impact, but you are making an impact. And it doesn't matter. Jesus, you know, he talks about how leaving the 99 to go and rescue the one. If you're just sharing something with the one person, it um, it's all in God's will and it's all, um, you know, God wants you to do, then yeah, that's, um, anyways, a timely word. I think that's awesome. Now we all know the verse in Luke 6.45 where it says, what's in your heart is what's going to come out of your mouth. So, you know, making sure when we're standing up against evil and up against um, unrighteousness, that we have the word of God rooted and grounded in our heart so that we have discernment. And we have sound doctrine within us that's measuring and knows, okay, this actually is an evil agenda. And today there's a lot of evil agendas. And um, the enemy is just running rampant. But that doesn't mean we should be running scared. Because you know what? God is going to turn it around for our good. And we may not see that now. But when it happens, we will you know, we'll go, aha, <laughs> that's why that happened. So, um, anyways, let's look at Psalm 32, 3. There's a time and a place for everything. And we... Sometimes we, you know, I mean, Jesus, he got mad at them putting, um, they had the money changers in the temple and he got mad and turned over the tables and, and threw their products and, and stuff. And, you know, but so was he acting rashly? No, because he knew they were doing that. He knew ahead of time and he knew how to get the message across and in, in some, in every demographics, 
to speak a word to that area has to be done in a way that they can understand. And you think of Jesus, he would speak to each of his disciples and to them collectively and to the people all in different ways. And I'm sure a lot of it was in parables and in stories, but um, in the long run, the way he associated his stories was because of the demographics of the area. And so, um, anyways, what were we reading? 32.3. Psalm 32.3. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. And so, the first thing that came to me when I read this was, here we are. We see something happening and we know something's happening and it's evil and we don't say anything and to me it makes me physically sick can you imagine if god is telling us to say something and we don't do it sure he's going to find another way to get his word out there but for us does it make us sick when you think about this word right here psalm 32 3 when i kept silent my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long so really 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 think about keeping you know about keeping silent i feel like the lord wants us to speak up this these days so i wanted to share with you just real quick my time is getting short here i wanted to share with you about john the baptist so um Anytime I see somebody getting persecuted for speaking up against an an evil agenda or sin, namely, you know, abortion, um, 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 sex slavery, stuff like that. And, I mean, um, I've seen my share of Christians who have attacked another Christian for standing up against that. And... um, John the Baptist would definitely offend a lot of Christians today because he would go right to the person, namely the king, and he told him to his face, dude, you're living in sin. You should not have married your your brother's wife. You're living in sin. You shouldn't have done this and you shouldn't have done that. And because apparently this king was living openly in his sin. And you think of... Nowadays, people aren't trying to hide their sin anymore. And so it's blatant in our face. Here it is. And are we saying stuff about it? Are we preaching against it? Are we, you know, um, teaching people to repent? Because it's through true repentance that we come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Will we enter the kingdom of God? There's no other way but through Jesus. How are they going to know unless we say something to them and speak against the evil? I'm not talking about condemning. You know, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Now, here's that other part. You know, we leave off to those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, if you've repented... And you're turning from your wicked ways and you're, <clears throat> you're surrounding yourself with people who are encouraging you and you're being accountable. You know, it's a whole different story. But if you're still walking in your sin 
and you're not making any effort um, to stop what you're doing, accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's where conviction comes in. And yes, I'm not the Holy Spirit, but I'm the vessel that brings the Word of God to share the light so that their spirit can be stirred and come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. And even John the Baptist had to plant those seeds, whether that king, you know, turned from his wicked ways or not, I don't know. And I've shared with some people, and whether they've turned to the Lord or not, I don't know. Seeds have been planted. And I pray that other Christians have come along to um, water those seeds. And, but the only way, because it says, in the word it says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So if they're not hearing the word of God, then their faith isn't being boosted and formed to be able to come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. They have to understand what Jesus did for them. And the conviction of the Holy Spirit will come through the words that have been brought to them in love, showing them that Christ died for them. So anyways, that's kind of what God has given to me, this whole speak out. And there should be no such thing as a silent Christian. And God always brings opportunity for us to share the love of Christ with somebody. And yes, prayer is a good thing. And I get that. Some people are more apt to pray and be in their prayer closet. But he also likes action. And he likes us to share what um, God has done for us. He wants us to share um, the things that... Oh, I'm getting a message. Yep. So anyways, my time is getting short, and I just want to say a short prayer. And that's kind of what I wanted to point out today was this about speaking out that it's okay to share and let the people accuse you of doing... Um, whatever. They don't know what God told you. So what God has told you to do, you just obey and do it and encourage those who are speaking out with sound doctrine. You don't have to encourage or, um, you know, whatever, go along with someone who's doing it blatantly um, out of sound doctrine and so it's the whole that's the whole key right there is sound doctrine and so anyways i hope that this has been a blessing for you today that it helps you to understand that god wants us to speak up he wants us to stand against an evil agenda and i was going to share real fast that in um, the old testament when the pharaoh of Egypt wanted to kill all of the Hebrew children when they were born. And he told the midwives that they were to kill the male, um, the male babies when they were born. And the midwives, it says, the midwives feared God more than they fe- feared the pharaoh. So... 
here we are as a Christian. Do we fear God more than we fear man? And it says in the New Testament, don't fear Don't fear man, for they can only do, you know, whatever to your body. But to fear the one who created you, to fear God who created you and can send you to hell. So with that, I just pray, Father, that you will just open our ears to hear what the Spirit has to say. Open our spirit to receive. Thank you for your word that is truth. Thank you that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And thank you that you have a plan. We thank you for this day, for all that you've done, all that you're going to do, all that you have done. We thank you that, and that all of your doing. I thank you, Father, that you've given us ears to hear and you've given us eyes to see. That we can hear your word and that we can see in the spirit what you want us to see. Father, that we can stand steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. We thank you for angels all around us, angels that go before us to to make your agenda that you have for us to be a success so that we can be a light in a very dark world. In your precious and holy name I pray. Amen and amen. And I thank you. Thank you so much for listening. This is my first um, teaching on a Sunday and I will try to do Sundays, um, teachings. So I pray that you have a blessed day and thank you so much for listening in the precious name of our Lord. Amen and amen. Thank you for tuning in today. And we shall see you tomorrow.